festive. It's so awesome to walk into. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Kathy Worley and the team for decorating last week. It just looks fantastic. <laughs> to Wendy Horvath for doing our banners. 
uh, for Advent. It's just what a great season. You can always already feel the festivities coming on, so it's great. Great to be here. If you're just visiting today, we're really glad you're here. We're glad that you joined us today and you walked in. And if you have any questions at all, you can go out to the lobby to the Welcome Center. You can fill out a connections card that will help us get connected to you and help you get connected to us. And we're really glad that you're here today. If you have any prayer requests, you can put them on, write them on the back of your bulletin and put that in the offering plate as it goes by. It's a good day. It's a good day. We, um, I also just want to give a shout out. We had uh, over 130 women here on yesterday for a brunch. And what a great outreach to a lot of people to bring a guest into a church and to have the message proclaimed and have fun together, laugh together, eat together, pray together, and all that great stuff. So what a success. What a huge success to Tanda uh, and the team who put that on. We want to continue building community here. We want to make sure that we have opportunities for people to be connected, to get connected. And if you are new here and you don't quite feel plugged in yet, or maybe you've been here a while and your time has not yet come, but it's about here to get engaged and get plugged in, we're going to start putting things in front of you that you can join and be a part of. And one of those is just going to be a real simple get-together next Sunday after second service on the 14th. Um, It's just kind of an on-ramp for you to get to know people, find out more about how you can get plugged in. Mark Spencer, our pastor, will be leading that. And so if you want to or if you know somebody who should, give an invitation and invite them to come to, um, I think it's in the cafe, right, Mark? He's not listening. Oh, he is listening. (laughs) So I thought I'd catch him. (laughs) So come to the cafe after second service um, next Sunday, and we'll start to tell you about different ways. There's so many different ways to get connected here at Bridgewood, and we'll just start explaining that and help you get plugged in. Doing faith together is important, and so we want to provide a lot of opportunities to get to know each other more and more all the time. Uh, We have a financial update. We continue to be transparent in our finances and where we're at, and you can see in your bulletin on the inside uh, right-hand cover that last week we made our offering. So that is great news. Great news. We're really going strong with 2014. We brought in 16,784, and our weekly offering needed is 16,3. And I'm telling you, that is just fantastic and great news. We are this close to balancing the budget for 2015, and it looks like we'll pass it mid-December at our next leadership team meeting. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, Thank you for asking the Lord what he is asking of you and your family, and then being faithful to that. And speaking of being faithful, uh, we have a time now that we want to take and honor the Turner family. Um, It's coming close that Heidi is going to be moving on to a new position. And so, Brendan, if you want to come up, and the Turner family, or Heidi, or however this is working, you guys know. But um, Heidi, for those of you who don't know, is our children's pastor, and she is going to... uh, I hate the word resigning. That's not the right word. She's moving on to greater things with God. (laughs) Well, Sharon took all my lines. I was going to introduce them. Um, Well, today, uh, we've been promoting this for uh, several months now, that today we're going to celebrate the Turner family. And um, at 12 o'clock, right, I think it's 12 o'clock, after second service, 
we'll have time to fellowship, hear from them. Uh, there will be uh, some treats, gifts, all kinds of stuff. We just want to rock out with them. We want to celebrate with them because they've served faithfully for 13 years. Okay? 13 years. Right? 13 plus. So what we want to do now is um, I, I hope you're stretched and ready to go because what I'd like to do is uh, get people up here to lay hands on them, and we want to bless them. And I'm going to pass the mic around a little bit um, and, and give you an opportunity to pray a blessing over them. Those of you who are courageous enough to speak out loud, you don't need to. Uh, if it goes too long, I'll take the microphone for them from you, okay? I'm, I'm totally kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. If, you, if you're 10 minutes, 10 minute prayer, that's the message, so... Um, anyways, but we really want to bless them. So if you would come up, if we've got our LT here, if we've got our staff here, we want to just lay hands on them, um, and bless them. And if those of you that are seated, if you would just raise a hand and, and, just, and just bless them with what you see the Lord laying on your heart. Lord, we thank you for this family. We thank you for their call. And we thank you that their call does not end here. It continues. And we thank you for all that you've, you've done in them and through them and how you've blessed this church family beyond what we could even see or comprehend, or even they could comprehend. And so, Lord, I just pray that in this time that you would give them space um, to grieve, to rejoice, um, to rest. Lord, we really do pray for uh, deep spaces that, can, uh, that rest can happen as a family. And so, Lord, we just pray your blessing and your favor upon them. We ask that you would have their way and we your, have your way in them. And we just ask, God, that, that um, you would continue to show us as a congregation how to pray into their lives. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you so much for this family, for Rick and Heidi, Sarah, Adam, and Joy, all the ways that they have served you by serving your Bridgewood family. Lord, there's so many things that they've done behind the scenes that nobody's ever even been aware of, God. And I pray that you would just bless them back a hundredfold for all the blessings that they have poured out, all the children and the parents that they have poured into, God. We thank you for them. And I pray, God, that you would just give them an excitement in this next season of their lives God, that you would just surprise them with your goodness, with your faithfulness, and give them so much joy in the journey, Lord. So we just thank you for them. We thank you for being able to serve alongside of them, God. And Lord, we're excited to see what you do in them and through them in this next part of the journey. Lord God, it has been a, a great privilege to stand beside this family in children's ministry. They have blessed my life beyond measure. And it truly is a family unit. They minister together. 
and the families grow and they spread out a little bit, but I just pray a blessing upon this family that as they do just that, that they will have that unifying spirit that brings them back together in ministry. And the, the spirit of this family is that, as Heidi has shared with me many times, is that they do ministry together. They come to church and they do church. If it's one hour, two hours, or all afternoon, it doesn't matter. They do church together. And so wherever they go with that spirit, Lord God, may they do church together. And may they spread that to all those that they minister to and all that they meet in their, in their new calling. So I just thank you, Lord God, a blessing upon this family in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, uh, God, that you have seen the faithfulness, you've seen the work, and Lord, you continue to watch them. We thank you that you're a faithful God who will uphold them as a new chapter unfolds. You're already there, and you're calling them to it. Thank you for preparing the way and the place, and for all that you're going to do. We look forward to seeing what our great God has in store. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a hand. Okay, shake the arms out. Is the one that was down ready to go? Because we're going to do some more praying. Is that all right? It better be. <laughs> all right. We're a praying church. Amen. All right. I would like to bring Mark up here. Pastor Mark. And what did we agree on when we call him up? What do we do? Come on. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. Well, if you put out your other hand, we'd like, <laughs> we'd like to bless him. <laughs> If he'll sit still long enough. <laughs> Lord, we, do, we just do thank you. We thank you for today and, and just already what you're doing and what you do in your people and what you're doing in us. And we just ask that you would uh, speak life. Hmm. You'd speak life today. Yeah. You always speak life. So we ask God that we would receive that life in Jesus' name. We would receive all that you have for us. We ask that you bless Mark in Jesus' name with your word that you would use his story with you in a way that would bless us, that would, again, speak life into us, that would give us hope. We thank you, Lord, that your word never comes back void. We thank you, God, that it always takes root in some way, and we may not see it at the time, but you plant seeds all the time in our hearts. And so we just ask that you would continue to do that today, that uh, we would be with you as you are with us. So we just thank you. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brendan. Hey, Brennan, can I have that? Just need it for Before I get going this morning, I want to invite Jenny to come up. She, had, she has a quick, cool God story. And she loves to come up and do public speaking. <laughs> yeah. We can sit down if you want to. Sure, that makes All right. Um, well, it was about um, Wednesday, and my back was like this weird, I've never had back problems, and... You know, so it was just a really weird pain, like a sharp, um, pinched nerve. And every way I moved, it was um, 
it just was like took my breath away because it hurts so bad. And so, you know, Wednesday night, you know, I don't know where Tony was, but, you know, I was just playing with the boys in their room. And sorry, I'm just nervous. My voice is shaky. So, um, so we were just in um, his room playing, and I was just sitting. They have, we have a rocking chair in their room, and I was just sitting on there. And, you know, I was just, they were just minding their own business, playing. All of a sudden, um, you know, I, I didn't say anything, but my face must have been saying it all. And, um all of a sudden, Austin just has this really concerned look on his face, and he looks at me, and he says, Mommy, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, Mommy's back hurts really bad, you know, and I was just holding it, you know, I'm like, just, it just really hurts, and whatever he was playing with, I don't know what he was playing with, but he dropped it, and he just came over to me, and he just, you know, there's just, you know, he's just looking at me like, he just had a very concerned look on his face, and I'm like, do you think you could pray for Mommy's back? And, you know, without hesitation, he just was so willing to pray. And um, I just took his hand, and I put it right where the pain was on my back. And um, I just said, you know, just repeat after me. And all we said was just the simple little prayer to say, Dear Jesus, please heal Mommy's back. In Jesus' name, amen. And he repeated that, and sure enough, um, it wasn't completely gone, but it was definitely better. I could move a little more without the pinch, the, you know, shooting pain. And, um, but then, you know, the night went on. We, you know, Tony put him to bed and, um, you know, I went to bed, everyone, you know, whatever. And I woke up and the pain was completely gone. I could, <laughs> you know, I could move, I could, you know, twist and the pain hasn't come back since. So it was just... <laughs> It was really amazing to see. It was just encouraging to me to see. <laughs> yeah. Hi. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> yeah, he's... Oh. I'll go sit down. What did you say? Can you, can you sing a song? I use this microphone. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Yeah, so. Let's give these guys a hand. This is awesome. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> Maybe afterwards. <laughs> I, oh, no. <laughs> well, he's destined to be a preacher. That's for sure. You know, it's always good to have those God sightings, isn't it? You start to wonder, you know, where is God? And, um, you know, for as much as we talk about Him and we look for Him, sometimes we can't find Him and you hear those things. You know, it's not really about Austin. It's, it's really about awakening our faith. It's really about, you know, that childhood faith just coming to us and speaking to us. You know, I still do what I said I do. That's what I do. That's God doing that. And yet in the midst of it, sometimes we lose track of, you know, how, how does this work? Last week, or two weeks ago, I, I, I preached a message and it seemed to resonate with a lot of people of, you know, what is Jesus to us when we mess up? And as we open up this new series just for December, Kingdom Come, we really want to think about, is it possible to move from a place where we feel like we're always messing up to a place where we're becoming what we're designed to be? We're starting to live rightly. 
And, and yet everything in our world just looks wrong. When you open up the paper, when you turn on the news, when you flip on the radio, you hear about all the things, whether it's Ferguson or the economy or something that's going on with some tribal conflict in Africa, there seems like there's something wrong with everything on the planet. Doesn't it? It just seems, what in the world? And it can start to feel really creepy. Like everything is wrong. It's, it's a little bit like I, I was thinking about, how does it feel creepy? And have you ever been out on a hike with people and you're out in the woods and someone finds a tick and then all of a sudden you start feeling things that you weren't feeling before? Do you know what I mean? It has that creepy feeling. It creeps up on you like that. And when it creeps up on you, you start to think, what's wrong with me like Charlie Brown? You just always say, why can't I get it right? Why don't I feel right? Why don't things go right? What's, what's wrong? And, and the more that you ponder that, the crabber you become, and then pretty soon it's, it's not me, it's you. You're not right. And you see the escalation of what happens, and we're, we're caught in this grumpy, not right cycle where we, we feel wrong, so we try to do what's right, and then we get it wrong again. And then we try harder, and we still feel wrong. But what in the world does God mean by right? Righteous. What, what does He mean? Because He promises when kingdom comes that you'll be right. He's setting things right. He's making you right. What does it mean? Because we face so many ups and downs about the whole thing, we tend to take big Bible words and we shrink them down. We, we try to make them man-sized because then we can control them. And we, we do this in all kinds of ways. And so we, we begin to look at righteousness as, I had an hour prayer time, and therefore I'm more righteous. I didn't go to that place or that movie, even though I was tempted, and therefore I'm more righteous. And we shrink it down into something that it's not meant to be. The text will talk about Paul saying, it's not about eating and drinking. It's not about kosher foods and non-kosher foods. It's not about no dancing. It's not about no cards. It's not about no alcohol. It's not about, it's not about that. It's a much bigger thing. And we do this with all kinds of big Bible words. We do it with, we do it with faith, too. We, we take the big concept of what it means to have biblical faith and to lean on and trust in and rely on and hope in and cling to and sit yourself down in this biblical active faith and we, we reduce it down into what I believe. I believe that. We call that faith. Because it feels like we can manage it, but it's not what the Bible is talking about. And because you don't play cards or you... Uh, don't go to our read Moody's. It, it doesn't mean that you're righteous. So what does the Bible mean when it's talking about that word? Two things, and they're connected. Number one, to be biblically righteous means you have a right standing with God. Things are right with Him. They're right. You're, you're set free. And the one thing that we do have right is that we're all wrong. Because when you read Romans 3, 23, it says this, This righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. 
There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory. All of us have. And so this right standing, it, it comes to us um, from God, and we're, we're all in need of it. You guys have heard the, the story of, of me when I was getting kicked out of college. Maybe some of you haven't. I won't go into the whole thing for the poor people that have been here for years and heard Mark Spencer's stories and like, not again. But the, the story was I was getting expelled, and for good reason. I mean, they'd finally caught me of doing one thing, but I had done many things, and I knew I was guilty. I knew it. I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't happy with it, but I wasn't fighting it. I knew I was a bad guy, and I knew I should go. And right in the midst of the meeting, when they had announced that, Mark, you're the first student to ever be expelled from this college, which means you're done. We don't ever want you on the property again. A man stands up in the room, Steve Gould, and he says, I would like a word with the council. They ask me to step out. They invite me five minutes later back into the room, and they say, you're reinstated. How? On the basis of what this man said. Not anything I could do, not anything I could say, not anything I could change, not anything I could buy, not anything I could cry about, not anything I could hope for. It was only possible for another to make me right, to put me in right standing. But biblical righteousness doesn't stop there. It goes to a second thing that's really important. If you have a right standing with God, it leads to a right relating to others. It isn't disconnected. It's connected. It's all one big ball of wax. In both the Hebrew and the Greek, all the inferences are saying that God is making you right so you can live right. God is coming to change your life and to make it right so that you can do right. They're inseparable. They're connected. And so what happened to me in, in my early days, and this was before I was a believer, because of what that man did for me, it began to change my attitude about life. And I realized I'd, ever, I'd done whatever I wanted to do. No one really mattered. I did whatever Mark Spencer wanted. And all of a sudden, I started to think differently about the people around me. And realized maybe the world doesn't revolve around Mark Spencer. Ta-da! Right? Newsflash, Marco. No. And so to this, Paul is stepping in and, and he's going to speak to us. And it, it looks like this in Romans 14, if you open there in verse 17. He says it this way. He says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, or not dancing, or not playing cards, or not gambling, or wearing black coats, or all that. No, 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 no. It's none of that. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. And where are those things? In the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul is saying that none of those self-imposed efforts are true righteousness. None of those things matter. They don't produce the very thing you're longing for. You want to be right. The reality of what Paul is saying in big letters is you can't make yourself right. You can't. Stop trying. You can't make yourself right. All the things that we try to act right, to be in the right crowd, to wear right, to have the right house, the right car, the right job, none of that makes you right. 
Have you ever seen something that you think, if I just get this thing, it will change my life? I am the worst impulse shopper. Once impulse gets its hooks in me, I hate to say it, people, but I really suck at saying no. And my, I think it flows down from my dad and, because, you know, he, he would, he'd see a gadget on TV. You know, those, those little, if you buy one now, you get two for one things, you know. This will change your life. It will open bottles in ways that you never imagined. Dispensers are suckers for those things. Impulse buy. Oh, yes, it'll make me fun. And you get it, and it, what does it do? It doesn't do what you thought it would do. It doesn't make your life right. It doesn't change your life. And this is all because the reality is righteousness is a gift. In fact, you'll notice that the text that we work for, work through this month, that Romans 14, 17, all three of the things mentioned, righteousness, peace, and joy are gifts. They're all things that Jesus says he's come to give in us. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, right? And I've told you these things so that my joy might be in you. You see, the king isn't coming to receive our gifts. He's coming to give us gifts. And when the kingdom shows up, there's this incredible gift of righteousness that's imparted to us. And it is so incredibly costly. Look what this passage says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Who am I that God would die for me? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be my sin. Why? So that finally I might become right. I might finally have the account squared. I might finally become the Mark Spencer he's created before time started. And that you might become the right person that he's created. All that he had in mind, he's come and he's given you this great gift at the cost of his life. But notice that it's not realized apart from him, but it's in him. You see, so that in him, and then in this verse here that we're looking at, in the Holy Spirit, it's in him. It's together with him. The minute that we're trying to make ourselves right apart from him, we've fallen away. We've dropped the gift. It's become something else. And the thing that we're trying to produce will not satisfy, and it certainly is not biblical righteousness. It is only meant to be found in him, with him. So let's get practical. Because be honest with me, don't you sometimes when you read, be in him, don't you wonder, well, what does that mean? Like, can we climb up inside of Jesus? Like one of, one of the big sumo suits or something? Can we do that? Is that what it means to be in him? Think about it this way. Who's in you? Who's in you? Jesus. Yes, someone give me the old Sunday school answer. Jesus is in you. Is he people? Is Jesus in you? Yes, there we go. Thank you, Lord. He's in you, which means if he's in, we're together. 
And so what he wants to do is he wants me to live out of that, in this and with this, always moving through with Jesus. It's why it's so important we're asking the question, what is he saying to you? That isn't because we want to be clever or different or we think that's, we think that's the core of the Bible. Do life with Jesus. In him. In him. So how, how do we know? How do we know if we're really doing it right? There's that word again. How do we know? Well, the reality is that you're made right so you can live right. And see, before you really have the understanding of what does it look like for me to be right, you're, you're, you're not yourself. All the different things... When I was a kid, all the goofy things, I thought, you know, if, here's what I need to be. I need to be a hoodlum. I had beetle boots. I stole cigarettes when I was in fourth grade and sold them on the playground. Who does that? But I thought, you know, that's cool. That's what the Rolling Stones would do. So I did that. What? That's so dumb. And then I find out in seventh grade that I can knock people over, so I become a football guy. Now I'm, you know, and I think that's, that's the real me, and I'm a football guy for a little while. And while I'm doing that, I'm also trying on the rock band guy. You have a garage band, you know, and we play music. And I think, yeah, yeah, that'll make me right. It doesn't make me right. And then all of a sudden, on October 17th, 1980, when someone says, listen, Jesus wants to make you right, it opened up. Who in the world did I think I was? And then you start to step into who you really are. And you're free. All the other things were people-pleasing. All the other things were fear of man. All the other things were fear of rejection. Finally, in this place where perfect love casts out fear, I have a space where I can begin to be the right Mark Spencer in his right mind. And how is it reflected? It's reflected in how I share that gift with others. You see, if I'm right with God... Now I have a place to be right with you. Now I have a space to be free. It doesn't make me afraid to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I blew that. Would you please forgive me? Why? Because I know my rightness is in Jesus. I know he's got me. I know if I give that forgiveness away, I'm not shrinking or fading or falling apart because I'm finally made right. And you see, if you look in the context of these different things, this is the key. When you've been made right and you're free to love right, you see some things. And in the context of both the verses that we looked at today, this is what Paul says as he finishes up. The kingdom of of God is not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. He says, then let us therefore, therefore, connecting to that last verse, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, to building one another up. Now that I'm right, I want to say, how are you doing? Are you, are you okay? Is there anything that I might be able to do to help? Is there, you know what, are we okay? Are, 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 we, are we going deeper together? And you're, you're going further. The way Paul says it in this is a long passage. He says, 
All of this is from God who reconciled us, made us right to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Does Jesus want the entire world to come to him? Say it with confidence, people. Yes. Do those people that you will sit across from the Christmas tree, opening presents with, who bug you, even Aunt B in her nasty jello mold, does Jesus want Aunt B to know him? Does Jesus want Aunt B to be right with him? Yes. He's reconciling the world. He's doing this thing, and how is he doing it? How is God doing it? Is he coming down from heaven? I'm reconciling the world. No. He's sending you. The right ones. The ones that have a little piece of rightness. Look what he says. He says, He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Because he loves you so crazy much that he who knew no sin became sin that you could finally be right. And all these people that we'll see and they'll be elbowing you for that last PS2 or whatever the latest game thing is, they'll be getting nasty in the store. They'll pull in and take your parking spot that you've been praying for. You've been driving around life, but Lord, give me a parking spot. He finally opens up and you go, yes, it's just like the Red Sea parting. It's a sign from God and they'll scoot right in. And at that moment, the question is, is Will you partner with Jesus who wants to help you handle that right? When we do that, people go, what, what is with you? What on earth is going on inside of you? How is it that you can be so peaceful? How is it that you can be so friendly? This Christmas, whether it's families or friends, you're going to be in a space where you're going to be carrying Jesus, living letters, and they're hungry people who are caught in a cycle trying to get right. They think if they just get their biggest house or the fastest car, or the best job, or if they look right, or if they go get the facelift, which I've given up on, you know. After a while, it's like, what is there left to lift? So, you you know, you just go, all that stuff, all that stuff is not going to make you right. No, it's what we have inside, right, that makes us right. So I want to do something a little goofy this morning to drive this point home. Will you guys work with me? Will you? So I want to ask, I want to ask uh, these two rows to come up here with me right now. We'll, and you guys can just, we'll come to you. Come on up here. And there's a game that I used to play with companies called Blob Tag. And here's the rules. We all, come on, flank me. Flank me. Like face the crowd. And this is how we start. We hook arms. We are the beginning of the blob. 
or the body of Christ, if you will. And the rules are this. You stand up and you cannot leave the room and you have to move in slow motion. And when one of us gets a hold of you, hooks arms with you, we say to you, I accept you even as Jesus Christ has accepted you. And you become part of our body. Are you ready? It's time for you to act like a little kid. We heard from Austin, we're going to be kids. Stand up, move slow motion. If, if, you're, if you need to just stay in your chair, we'll come to you. Don't you worry. It's just like old-fashioned tag, only we're moving slow motion. Let's go, people. Let's move. move. No, you guys, you guys better move because we're coming after you. That's right. Yeah, we're coming against you. That's right. We're the body of Christ. We're coming to make you right. We're coming to make you right. We'll come back and get you. You stay right there. We accept you even as Jesus accepted you. You got to move. No, slow motion. You guys are moving way too fast. We got to go. Don't you want slow motion on the football stuff? Come on, slow motion. Reach. Come on, swing around there. Get a hold of them. Hang on in. Get a hold of those people. Hook arms. Hooks arms. And tell them, we, yes, we accept you. Even as Jesus accepts you. We accept you. you I know. We accept you. Yeah, you're going to get on the end. Get a hold of those people down there. Quit messing around, body of Christ. Get those people. We accept you. Even as Jesus accepts you. Make it, that's a domino one. Who's on the end? Get that, get, reach out there and get those people. Reach out and get, get a hold of them. Make it contagious. We're, who's working the end there? Come on, don't be shy. Reach out, reach out now quickly. Get them, make it, it's the dominoes thing. There you go. Stay, we got to stay together. We got to stay together. That's right. That's right. Get over there. Come on. Where, where are we going? Get those people. Come on. Why are we so cumbersome? This is why it takes so long for the church to change. We move so slow. It's like, what is going on here? Get over there. Yeah, that's right. Get a hold of them. We accept you even as Jesus accepts each one of you are accepted. Yeah, that's it. Get those. Break off. Break off. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay. We're sending out missionaries. We are sending out missionaries now. Missionaries are getting sent out. Don't you dare let Dan Meldy go alone. Get a hold of that guy. <laughs> Reach out there. Do we have them? Get a hold of those people. Hey, you people in the middle, you can get a hold of them. Grab them. Reach back here, John. Ah, we accept you. Even as Jesus accepts you. Come on and join us. Come on, we accept you. Gab Marla, we accept you. We accept you. Do we have everybody accepted? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Oh my gosh. It's... Okay, now, just let me get up here. Boy, if someone has a camera, it'd be a great picture. This is it. This is it. This is what Jesus died for. That all of a sudden these right people would hook arms. And that they'd move through the earth. And they'd find these hungry people that, ah, I just want to be right. And you look them right in the eye and you go, in Jesus' name, you're made right. 
I accept you even as Jesus accepts you. Those people at Christmas that drive you crazy, those people are hungry and they want this. Amen? So could we pray together right now? Lord, we know this is just a a small picture. But as we go from these doors and we go into our little worlds, we are the ambassadors, the right ones that are sent from the righteous one. And you're looking and you're watching and you're calling. This season, all the hungry souls, Lord, send us and we will deliver a message that we know Jesus just didn't come as a baby. He triumphed as the Lord. And he has carved out a path where you can finally be made right. Receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Give yourself a hand for being good sports. You guys are marvelous. Really good.
So you trusted in the Lord And you took her as your wife The forgiveness that you gave Would be given back to you Was you carried in your heart And she was holding in her Love was in a crowded bar There you were beside me You held it in your arms And the miracle started breathing Forgiveness is the miracle The miracle And the miracle can change your world Forgiveness is the miracle Forgiveness is the miracle Father for his son. 